SFCBL Triple Play Podcast, episode six of the season, recapping week number five. We are once again live to tape from the SFCBL Podcasting Studio in beautiful Lantana, Florida, joined by, of course, Jack Mazagy, Lexi Castrillion. Another great week of baseball. We had off yesterday for the 4th of July, so happy holidays to everyone. And yeah. I mean, another great week culminated by a great holiday, and we might have some rain this week. There is a little tropical storm coming up the coast, kind of what you get from living in South Florida for the summer, but hey, we're going to roll with the punches and see what we can get done this week. Jack, how are we doing? Feeling great, per usual. I mean, another weekend, or another week of great games, and I mean, like you said, uh, we're going to fight, roll through the punches with this rain, and we've been doing it for the past week, so... I think we can get a couple games in this week. Let's yeah, I, uh, I'm i hoping we can get our games played. Um, I'm back after a little uh, sickness. I'm all good, not contagious. <laughs> I've returned. Um, I missed a couple games in the beginning of the week, so I, I hope that we get to play our full slate this week coming up. I've missed my uh, SFCBL baseball, you know? Yeah, well, I'm, I hate to be that guy, but I, for one, will go on the record as being not very optimistic about that. Of the rain? Of us being yeah. able to play all our games. Yeah. I have zero optimism. Well. If I learn anything about living in South Florida, it's don't bother checking the weather because it's going to end up raining anyway. So. Yeah, he's been here for a whole, like, month and a half. He's an expert now. That's a great quote, though, Brian. <laughs> that Thank is you. a great, great quote. Follow Put that up on, on Twitter. Mermel213. Go retweet that. Always be plug in. Great tweet. So, um, we have our Player and Pitcher of the Week, the Player of the Week, will be joining us on the podcast in just a little bit. It is the one, the only, Ross Mulhall of the Boynton Beach Buccaneers. So a round of applause for him. With an incredible stat line this week. And had it included the doubleheader on Saturday, which it should have included. I believe it did. It didn't. Oh, it didn't? No. I think we might have messed up the numbers, but an insane week nonetheless. Two jacks, total of three, two doubles, around 600 batting average on the week in six games appeared. Incredible numbers out of Jack's guy, Ross, who he's been high on all season. Jack, how does it feel to finally be fulfilled? 1.154 slugging percentage on the week. That's all I got (laughs) to say. This kid is mashing, and it's about time. Uh, if you were watching that other game with me, uh, that could have been another one. That could have been another home run right after TJ's yak. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. That so, was close. So, yeah, he's, he's having a hot week, and uh, I think it's I think they've awoke the sleeping giant. So, um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe this is back-to-back Bucks player of the week. Yes. Right? Oh, c- come on. Let's this is huge for Obviously. Jack. The Bucks are hot. <laughs> uh, taking a look at the standings this week... Um, the Bucks are certainly hot. They do trail. They are in fourth place in the North Division. So it goes Delray Beach. On here it says they're fourth. Because mine says third. Interesting. Well, whatever they A are. A little discrepancy. It goes Delray Beach, 16 and 12 in first. Phipps Park right behind them at 12 and 11. Then the Palm Beach Diamond Ducks at 13 and 12. The Boynton Beach Buccaneers at 15 and 14. And the Boca Raton Blazers, I asked Pip on the on the broadcast, I said, hey, 
when we had you on the pod, is that the reason for the Blazers' demise? And he said no. He shook it off. So not sure what that is to be credited to, but they sit at 11 and 14, three and a half games back of the Delray Beach Lightning. And then looking in the South Division, it's the Palm Beach Extreme in control. It's 17 and 6, followed by the West Boca Snappers at 14 and 7. Then the Fort Lauderdale Knights, 9 and 13. The Pompano Beach Clippers, 8 and 14. And the Florida Pokers with another win on the season, bringing their total to two. That's huge for the Pokers. Two and 14 for the Florida Pokers. Uh, in addition to having Mr. Mohall on the pod, I believe we will have Riley Dushman. Dushman, yeah. Dushman. I, I know Vince likes to say Dushman, so I didn't know. Yes. I feel like there's many a different ways to pronounce. Yes, Dushman, the, the Colonel. Yeah. He has uh, many colonel. an alias. Oh, no. <laughs> Not the Colonel. Former. Icelandic league all star. Led the league in hit by pitch. <laughs> Four times led the league in, in hit by pitch. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. So he will be joining us live from the golf course, which is a place I'd like to be right now. Yeah. I texted that to him this morning. I said, I'm incredibly jealous that you're out on the course today. Well, I texted him yesterday. I was like, hey, you want to go get a round? He's like, nah, I'm in Miami. That's so, tough. Yeah, it is tough. But I digress. Um,. So let's uh, recap the week in only the way we know how, shall we? Oh, let me pull it up. I'm ready. <laughs> Lexi, you have about 10 seconds. Hold to on. You told up. me not to pull it up, so this is on you. You said, Ooh. we're not doing it right now. Well, I said, Don't pull it pull up, it but up. we're going to go off the cuff. <laughs> off the rip. All right. What the am I doing? Fastest. Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. Friday. Okay. Sick. All right. Ready? Here we go. We start on Sunday, June 27th, where the Boynton Beach Buccaneers took down the Pokers in the front end of a doubleheader, 3-2. The Diamond Ducks mollywhopped to the Boca Raton Blazers, 15-4 at Joe Russo. The Bucks fell to the Pokers in their second win of the season, 9-6. And the West Boca Snappers fell to the Palm Beach Extreme, 7-6. Monday the 28th, we have a doubleheader between the Knights and the Pokers, and guess what? The Knights take both, 10-8 and 3-2. The Phipps Park Barracudas take out the uh, Buccaneers, 11-9, while the Snappers take out the Diamond Ducks, 7-3. And we head into Tuesday. We have two doubleheaders and a single game with the Fort Lauderdale Knights beating the Boca Raton Blazers. Our first doubleheader, the Palm Beach Extreme versus the Florida Pokers. The Extreme take down the Pokers 9 to nothing. but uh-oh, a little upset. The Pokers come back in Game 2 to defeat the Extreme 10-1. to And finally, our last doubleheader of the day started off with a Delray Beach Lightning win over the Pompano Beach Clippers 3 nothing, and it finished out with the Lightning again, 5-3 to against the Clippers. On Wednesday, June 30th, rain, rain, go away. The Snappers Extreme game got postponed. We head to Joe Russo where the Diamond Ducks took down Jack's Buccaneers by a final score of 5-2. to two. And at Little Fenway, they braved the rain, put the turf on the field, but the Fort Lauderdale Knights got the best of the Lightning, 20-7 to seven in a game where we saw multiple position players pitch. Third, third, I, I don't know. We go to Friday. (laughs) (laughs) We're heading into Friday. The Palm Beach Diamond Dogs take down the Boynton Beach Buccaneers, 8-6. Then we head to Sable Pines Park with the Extreme take over the Snappers, 6-5. Finally, we go into the West Boca Snappers again, playing the Delray Beach Lightning. The Lightning win, 10-8. That was our game of the week at Little Fenway. And on Saturday, July 3rd, 
The Delray Beach Lightning took down the Bucks 3-0. The Ducks took down the Extreme 3-1. The Snappers took down the Pokers 6-2. The Knights took down the Barracudas 6-2 as well. Then in the back end of these doubleheaders, the Buccaneers took down the Lightning in a close one, 3-2 at Little Fenway. The Barracudas beat the Knights by defending their home field at Palm Beach Atlantic by a final score of 6-1. And at Olympic Heights, the West Boca Snappers took down the Florida Pokers by a final score of 11-7. We got Sunday, July 4th, zero games. Shout out to America. We love you. Fun. That's the second consecutive week we've done it on one take. So round of applause for us. That's hot. Yeah, a little discrepancy oh. on our point streak site. There's just nothing on Thursday. Games were That's played. Tough. Games were certainly played on uh, Thursday. I was trying to think hard, but um, I, I do believe that that was a lightning game, correct? On Thursday? Yes. Was that when they got um? Not manhandled, but a little... That was Wednesday. Okay. And they got turfed. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll think about it throughout the pod, and <laughs> we'll, we'll let you know. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll let you know what happened on Thursday. All right. I gave Riley his uh, his warning, so we should be heading into that phone call very soon. Let's see if he answers. This is live on the podcast. Oh, you guys can't hear him. No. We got headphones in this job. The Colonel, Riley, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. So we are now joined on the SFCBL Triple Play podcast by international royalty. <laughs> it's Riley <laughs> Dushman of the Fort Lauderdale Knights, sometimes of the West Boca Snappers. Riley, first and foremost, what golf course are you on right now? Uh, we're up in Okahili. I don't know where that is, but I'm sure it's lovely if you're there. Um, so we'll take a look at the, at the Fort Lauderdale Knights. Um, obviously your squad, they have, you know, they got off to a slower start on the season, but this week, especially they have heated up in the last 10 games. They have gone five and five. Kind of talk about what you've seen. Um, what kind of changed mid season to, as your Knights have kicked it into gear. Yeah, we definitely started off slower. I don't know if it was because the guys didn't know each other. They took that break from playing in college to now. But um, this past week, we went 5-1, and one, as you guys said. And I think it's just more of the players are getting more comfortable with each other and finally figuring out what their role is with the team. You said sometimes it takes a little bit for these guys to kind of gel and get to know each other. But whatever you guys are doing now, it's definitely working. Yeah, we, the guys definitely figured it out. So maybe uh, who are some of the guys that you've seen step up in the past week to kind of lead the charge? Uh, the main guy that comes to mind is uh, Justin Sturk, our center fielder. And honestly, it's all throughout the lineup, but he's been our main guy, leading batting average for the team this week. And then also Tristan Moore, he's been the hit and cleanup, and he's just getting those timely hits. Connection's going a little in and out, but we're, we're going to try to keep rolling with it. So uh, you made a, a decent charge to um, – have one of your guys be our player of the week. Unfortunately, he was not. Um, but it was a valiant effort by you with <laughs> an ear on the pulse. Um, maybe talk about your pitching staff a little bit. What have you seen out of them, and how have they helped your guys offensively? Uh, 
the main guy is uh, Braden Parton. He started against us, well, for us, against the Lightning. And he went uh, five innings, seven straight guys, and he, that's just the main struggle in the beginning of the year and then just turned it on that start. What would you say, um, how's the morale around the Fort Lauderdale Knights? I know it's it's tough to kind of build as, you know, you're already down. You're pretty far out of the playoff hunt. But, you know, how has it been just in the dugout with the guys day in and day out? Uh, it's definitely getting better because those guys realize that if we, we can make that late playoff push right now because we, we're getting closer to in the standings at least and they're kind of realizing that, hey, we can make a push. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you said it yourself. I think you definitely have the stuff to make a push. Um, I wanted to talk briefly about your former role with the SFCBL. You were a former game staff intern, um, turned coach. Can you talk to me about like what made you make the decision to go into coaching and forego the game staff? <laughs> definitely. Well, uh, last year I was a game staff intern and I wouldn't say I didn't enjoy it, but I obviously enjoyed it. It was just more, I want to be more in the game of baseball. And that's where I met during the championship. Uh, Ryan Lamb, Riley McKittrick, and Ross Smith, they kind of gave me the opportunity to get into coaching with the travel ball youth program down here. And then I started with them in August and loved it ever since that. So coaching is definitely the way to go right now. Yeah, definitely. So I'm really happy to see that you are making big moves. You're out there helping with not just one, but two teams, which is huge. Is it hard to balance that? And I mean, you guys are both in the same division. So is that a little bit of a conflict of interest coaching both teams? That's, it's definitely hard. Some of the guys on the night realized that I was with the snappers and the snappers realized I was with the night. And there was definitely <laughs> some, definitely some talks going around <laughs> while I'm helping both teams. But I mean, it's all fun there. Yeah, and I mean, you guys are all kind of under the XL baseball umbrella anyway with Sam at the head of the Knights and Ryan and Riley yeah, over with the Snappers. So it's a little... We're all connected. Yeah, you're all connected. No hard feelings. All love. <laughs> Sounds like a little a little turbulence occurring on the golf course. Jack, <laughs> do you have a question for Riley? Yeah, I was just going to yeah, ask you about your upcoming slate coming up. You got a big game against the Extreme tomorrow, and then you got... Blazers, Diamond Ducks, and Clippers on uh, the following days. So they're obviously big games and a lot of winnable games. Uh, how are you going to keep your guys hot, and what are you going to tell them in the dugout? Where am I going from? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely going to be a tougher week because uh, the Extreme are playing extremely well, as you guys obviously know. And the uh, Clippers, I, I think they own us right now. They're going for the sweep against us, and I don't know what it is about them. They, just, they know what they're doing against us. Yeah. Well, Riley, um, I hate to let you go, but uh, go make some birdies for us on the golf course. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Uh, and any last words for the listeners at home? No last words for home, but the nights are hot. Keep that in mind. <laughs> All right. Well, that is Riley Dushman. Riley, thanks so much for doing with, doing this with us, and we hope to see you at the ballpark this week. Thank you. All right. Well, that was Riley and a brief technical difficulty, not the most ideal place to be doing a podcast on the golf course but if i could do a podcast on the golf course i would oh yeah i mean good for him he's living his best life right now jack you didn't get to hear any of that because we only have one set of headphones in here <laughs> but um hey I, I suppose he answered my question pretty well he did, I mean, he, did. he was he going did. for a little bit there yeah. so you saw the you saw the audio waves on <laughs> yeah the, yeah that's on all that, that's all that matters i just i just need a response that's all that's so all. what do you um i mean you've seen the knights up close and personal they destroyed 
the Lightning in a game that I guess that was like a little bit of a Mickey Mouse game. It was pretty wet. We had turf on the mound. It wasn't exactly ideal conditions, but you were there for that game. Um, do you think the Knights have the DNA to make a playoff push at this point in the season, uh, Jack? Yeah, I mean, they're they're pretty cool, pretty cool, calm and collected in the dugout. I mean, it's nothing crazy. Like, we've seen a couple very vocal teams here, but they're just kind of locked in, and they're ready to do their job when they show up to the ballpark. And towards the end of the year, I think that's going to be a huge, huge uh, winning trait for them. Yeah, I mean, the Knights definitely look better this year than they have in the past. And, I mean, I'm not saying it's because of the new uniforms, but I'm not not saying that. The Knights... Poker's crossover uniforms. Yes, the Knights Poker's crossover uniforms. The printing error where they put the Poker's P logo on. Uh, Old Phillies P that they just ripped. Yes, yep. they did. Yeah. Um, and then Jack will also ask you, and Lexi, you can weigh in on this. Now, since Riley has a role with the Snappers organization, I got to ask, do you think the Snappers have what it takes to continue making a push? There's been a little turmoil within their dugout. It's It's kind of, it's been a rocky ship. Do you think they'll be able to to pull it together and make a legitimate playoff push? I uh, I brought this up last podcast. I asked you if um their fans should be not fans, but organizations should be nervous. You know, yeah, because there's a a new chief in town. But the Palm Beach I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think they're balling up, and I I think they obviously have what it takes once it gets to playoff time. Everyone's zero and zero, but it's it's gonna be tough. I think there's a lot of good pitching this year, and I don't think that um. I don't think that hitting is going to be what a lot of these teams think in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, like you said, there is a little bit of turmoil going on right now. Um, I think that was kind of evident in the last couple of games. Um, but I wouldn't sleep on them. I mean... I'm not sleeping on them. No, I know. I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying in general. Like, they've won the championship the last three years for a reason. Like, it's, it's a little rocky right now, but they definitely still have the stuff for... A playoff run, absolutely. Yeah, I would definitely expect a war in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about them struggling and maybe not winning it, but nevertheless, they're still going to be a top team in oh. the playoffs. They're going to uh, make a legit playoff push. Yeah, there's the no snappers. question about it. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, there's no question about it. And I honestly, like, as soon as they kind of figure out their struggles that they have going on right now off the field, they're going to be back. I mean, it's I'm just sure. a little rough patch right now, but, I mean, it's the snappers. They're, they have that reputation for a reason. And before we get to playoff time, I'd love to maybe get someone from the extreme organization on the podcast just because, um, you know, they are hot right now. They only have, they four, they only have four losses on the season. Um, taking a look at the batting stats, I was trying to bring up, um, you have Recio, um, Mertz, are both in the top three of the snappers. And then Justin Sierra of the Fifth Star Barracudas is in second, just on batting average right now. And then player of the week, Ross Mohal, I don't know where he got it from because it did not, I mean, quite honestly, it did not look like he was going to have a crazy season at the plate. But as of right now, today, Monday, July 5th, he's eighth in the league in batting average. Jack never had a doubt. He's I been saying this. I since mean, he day wasn't one. anywhere near that for the yeah. entire season. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. No, obviously, no, I'm not slander. Yeah, Ross. no slander. But um, yeah, those three home runs have come lately. Two in one game, obviously, and then now batting 360. It, it, they're it's kind of a just whoever's up on the Bucks, right? I mean, even if they're not all slapping the ball at one time, I mean, there's definitely been one kid throughout the course of the year that's been holding their offensive load and. 
coming up with 12 RBIs as well. You you guys are absolutely right. Ross really did uh, come out of nowhere in the past week. So speaking of Ross, I think it is now time to get to our conversation with him. Uh, without further ado, here is our conversation with our Week 5 Player of the Week, Ross Mohall. And would you look at that? Ross is joining us in He's studio in right studio. now. <laughs> and for the first time in SFCBL podcast history, we are going to do this entire thing in one take. So, Ross, <laughs> sit on down. We're not doing any cuts here. Ross, thanks so much. Uh, just talk right into that microphone. Like, r- like, swallow the microphone. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for coming in. So, big week for you at the plate. Um, I'll pull up your stat line. I don't. Well, on the season, I mean, it's been pretty crazy. Oh, here it is. All right, last seven days. So your stat line. Should what? Should be around 538. Yeah, pretty pretty legit, I'd say. Okay, 538 in the past, in five games appeared, 13 at-bats, um, seven hits. That's just not what I got, but whatever. <laughs> um, four runs, two doubles, two home runs, five RBIs. Three walks. I mean, you're really doing it all. Um, and I said it on right before you actually walked in here is, you know, early on in the season, you might not have had that much going for you offensively, but it looks like in the past week, you've really kicked it into gear. What do you think changed uh, for you? Yeah, you're right. Uh, the first part of the season, I was uh, a little off at the plate. Um, I think the biggest thing was just getting consistent at bats. I know at the COVID year that messed a lot of uh, careers up, you know, uh, I was at LaSalle University in the fall, and the fall inter-squads got canceled. And uh, that I think that really threw me for a loop, to be honest. I And then uh, my past, my last summer team got canceled. So it was really – I had a drought of at-bats, and I was really fortunate to come down here and be able to have Coach Franco, who's a great coach, getting everybody playing time. And just being able to be consistently on the field again has really been the biggest thing for me. Absolutely, and that's another thing I was going to ask you about as soon as you got in here. You just recently committed to Shepherd University in West yes. Virginia, so congratulations yeah, on thank that. Thank you very much. Um, but like you said, it's your third home in, I believe, it, as many years. Mm-hmm. Um, what has that been like You know, to bounce around, and what are you looking forward to You know, kind of hunker down and really focus on yourself when you know that there's going to be some certainty with where you're playing ball this year? Yeah, there's definitely something to bouncing around a few different schools. I'm not the only guy who's transferred twice. A lot yeah. of guys are in this situation now. Uh, it's something uh, mentally and physically comes from knowing that uh, you're in a good spot at a university and a program that uh, fits you better. So uh, I think, you know, I just – this past year I knew that with the COVID year it would just be about finding the right place for me. So I wasn't putting too much pressure on myself early in my career, but – uh, now going into my junior year at Shepherd University, I feel really comfortable with that program. Uh, I'm pretty close to home at Shepherd. It's like two hours from my house, so I think that'll help me off the field too. But I'm I'm just looking forward to it, and uh, you know I'm just taking one day at a time, and I'm really enjoying my time down here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm sure you are. You've gotten to team up with some of your former LaSalle teammates. Um, we have a, a little drinking game, not a drinking game because we don't <laughs> condone alcohol here, but. Um, <laughs> Every time we go live or we come on this podcast, we always talk about the LaSalle baseball program getting cut. Um, we have a bunch of guys who I think are good ball players and also good dudes that are down here yeah. that come from LaSalle, and they're all finding their new homes. Um, what has that been like to kind of be reunite with some of those old maybe teammates down here and 
Um, what has the pulse been, you know, from them? Obviously, you got out of there before the axe officially came down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, kind of just, you know, give me your perspective on that whole thing. In the yeah. most in the kindest <laughs> way possible. So uh, in the fall, we were all trying to figure out where we we're going to play in the summer, and uh, I was the first person to commit to this league, and told the other guys about it, and uh, I was really excited about coming down here. So I told you know the other guys this is a great spot, and uh, you know I, I've really been happy to see that they've been finding their new homes. Uh, it's been really fun though playing some guys on the other team who you played with. I mean, this is my first time ever experiencing that you know I was digging into the box one day and Johnny DiMucci was catching and I tapped him on the shin guard I was like what's up DiMucci this, <laughs> this is pretty cool to be playing against you you know I've been on the same team as him for two years now so uh, it's I think it's just pretty cool you know college baseball is a crazy small world you know guys who you played with you played against and you just don't know where they're going to be or where you're going to be in a year so it it's just been cool to see the relationship you get to build out of school and then come down to the summer league, get to play against them. So uh, I'm just, I'm really enjoying the competition for sure. Yeah. How cool is it to uh, both see that not only being successful, but both of you guys are furthering your career at the same point. I, I imagine it's probably fun playing against these guys. Oh yeah, for sure. It's, it's been really fun. And these guys are talented players. LaSalle University had a, LaSalle University had a great recruiting uh recruiting through my time there and even now but uh these are some talented players that are finally finding some new homes so i'm really excited to see where they're going in their future careers like i was facing jack clemente the other day he's a great pitcher i'm really excited to see his future in college baseball there's a ton of great hitters down here messina too demucci all those guys so i'm just i'm really excited to watch yeah, and speaking of really talented players, uh, we got we to gotta bring up the Bucks. It, it's been a little rough week. You started out the week in first place, and now you're in fourth. But, hey, that's the North Division. So mm -hmm. how, how are you guys feeling right now? Give me a quick morale update. I know you guys are uh, always, always a happy team, but what's, what's it like right now when you're not doing ideal, but you're still right there? Yeah, you're right. We're not doing ideal right now. Uh, we were cruising in first for a little bit, but not anymore. But uh, I think the biggest thing with this club is that we don't we don't press too much. We don't put too much pressure on it. I know myself included, you know, not having a good first week, two weeks of the season, you know. I've just pro I've just tried to stay as loose as I can. You know, we, we're a pretty good team when it comes to playing under pressure. I feel like we don't – we obviously are very focused and we care, but we also don't want to, you know, we don't want to make every game feel like a must win when it is, but mentally we got to just relax and play through it. I think we're a very talented team. We're going to show that the end of this season coming up. Um, I guess I'll ask you, you know, maybe some are, who are some of the guys that you've been able to gel with early on? I guess it's not early on in the season anymore. We're halfway through. So at the midway point of the season, you know, maybe some are, who, who are some of the guys that you've been able to gel with? And then maybe some guys that have been able to push you um, to improve. And I know obviously like, you know, Mason and AJ at the top of the batting mm -hmm. average in the league, they're pushing each other every day. Like maybe some of who are the guys that, Wow, tongue twister. Just talking yeah. about those guys. Well, no, everybody, everybody's everybody been uh, pushing each other. Um, I knew some friends of a friend with Mason uh, back at LaSalle. So we've been, first practice, we gelled, and we knew of a lot of different guys from other teams that we played with and against. So I was able to talk to him and get friendly with him. Uh, I like all the guys down here in Florida, you know, these, these homegrown guys. They're really good players, and they've been really exciting to see. But uh, I'm – yeah, you, like you just said, A.J. and Mason with the batting average leaders, you know, we're all pushing each other. T.J. got a second bomb the other day. Like, he's a stud. We got some good players on this team. So uh, I, I think everybody really pushes everybody. And I know that sounds like cliche, but seriously, you know, we 
we all care, and I can see that. You know, not not every summer league is like that. And I I tell I can tell with this team in this league, we all care and we want to win. So I'm really I'm really excited. And that's actually crazy you say that because on the last episode of the podcast, Mason said the exact same thing. He said. It's not everywhere where you'll see guys that really care about yeah. winning and care about making a playoff push, but that seems to be the case in the Bucks, and you know that's that's a recipe for winning if I've ever seen one. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. You got you have guys like uh, Seymour who's really making a splash in the league. He's throwing up to 94 the other day, which is uh, great to see. And yeah. you guys have both on offensive side of the ball and on the pitching mound. It's like it's a little it's a little wavy. So in the postseason, if you guys are uh, both, you know, on the uphill, it I could definitely see something big going on here. Uh, do you guys talk about that yet? I know it's I know it's a far time away to enter postseason, but do you guys talk about hey, let's lock in because if we get if we get right entering the postseason, that you guys can make a push. Yeah, well, first, what you said about Seymour is very true. He he can chuck it on the mound. He's one of the best pitchers I've ever played with, and he's a great pitcher. But uh, I yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, we have talked about it. Uh, we do try to stay loose, but at the end of the day, you know, we're trying to make a playoff push. So we're, we're talking about it in the second half of the season. Um, I think for me and a lot of guys, it's just week by week. You know, I, I can't worry about next week when we got a game today, but, uh, definitely when playoff time comes, you know, we're going to, we're going to try to make a splash. I think we can do it. We're a talented enough team. What do you think about, um, the home field advantage thing? I know Jack brought it up on last episode of the pod, like, not that home field really matters too much in summer ball, but you guys were over at Harry Gribben mm-hmm. for a month, and then that's over. And now you play pretty much all away games. Do you think there's going to be any disadvantage to that, or do you guys not really pay too much attention to where you're playing? Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I pay attention to it. I'm pretty happy to get out of there with uh, the wind <laughs> blowing straight in. You know, I hit a couple balls to center early on the year. I thought we were going to get out, but it got caught up in the wind. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I don't, you know... I think there is an aspect of home field advantage normally, but in summer ball, you know, you don't play on the home field that much. So you don't really know the bounces that well. So I think for me, it's just about whatever field you know, we show up to, we're ready to play. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about missing out those games at home. Uh, yeah, we've mentioned it twice, two times now for a third time. But after TJ hit his home run the other day, uh, I really did think your opposite oh bomb was God. going the other way. <laughs> I really thought yeah. that was getting out. So uh, you told me you told me something the other day that I thought was interesting. You looked at me and you're like, ah, you know what? It's all right. I got I got one or two more in me this year. Oh so yeah, I, I love to yeah, see it. Um, <laughs> no pressure, but we would we would love to see two more. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, if you know, you know, but. It's a it's a good season. I I really do think you have some pop. So you think you can get two more out of here? Uh, yeah, I do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. There's a lot of laughing going on, but uh, we'll fill you in after the pod. Yeah, yeah, we'll let you know after the pod. Inside but, info. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. I love I the confidence. I mean, definitely can get two more for you for thank sure. You. Jack, thanks you. Yeah. No, I I thank you. It's you're double you're a double machine. We've seen some other guys around the league like that. So. I mean, it's just a matter of time till you put a couple over the wall, hit it a little, hit it just the, with a little more mustard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got to get a little more juice. Wow. Um, so I'll ask you, you've obviously been able to get a lot of ABs by whether you're playing first base, you're playing in the DH spot. Are there any other positions that you think you can be flexed to when you're down here? And what do you think makes yourself um, a versatile player going into a new program like Shepard? 
Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, I've, my whole life, I mainly played first base on high school. I've DH'd a lot too, but uh, I played third base for a year at LaSalle. So I've gotten some experience over there. And I feel like my versatility being able to play both corner positions is definitely helpful. Um, I'm just, I'm, I like to stay as open as I can. You know, I'm not a type of guy who goes in and says, coach, I only play first. I only DH. Like, I don't, I I try to play where, wherever the need is, wherever the opening is, wherever the coach needs me. So, you know, we got a couple more first basemen on this team. We got, you know, a, a couple more guys than we used to have on a team. We're just trying to get everybody at bat. So I'm not, you know, I don't have any specific requirement of where to play or anything. But uh, my whole life I've tried to keep myself versatile and be able to play both corner positions. I think that will help me in the future. Absolutely. And I think the the other thing I wanted to ask you is kind of going back to my first question to you about, you know, kind of moving around a little bit. So where are you from originally? Are you from? I'm from Morgantown, West Virginia. Oh, you're from West Virginia. Yeah. Okay. So then that kind of makes more sense of this question. But, like, so <laughs> you go from LaSalle, which is a very urban urban environment, and then – you know, you go to Gardner-Webb, which is not so much, and you come down here, which is, you know, very luscious, mm-hmm. the beach, and then you're going back home to West Virginia. Yeah. Um, I don't know. How do you kind of go about adapting when you get yourself into a new environment? Yeah, it's a very good question. Um, there are aspects outside of baseball that impact whether you'll succeed on the field, and I've seen that firsthand. So, yeah, you go to a city environment. You know, first time I've ever lived in a city. Uh, took a little uh, getting used to it first. My first semester of LaSalle did. But uh, I think the biggest thing for me was always having good teammates and coaches to help me uh, with that with that ease into it. But another thing, too, is the weather, getting used to it from the baseball side oh, of yeah. it. You know, playing up north in North Philly, you know, it's, we played February games in 20 degrees, and that's not an exaggeration. So I've gotten a couple balls off the end that really stung my hands, so I know how that feels. But, yeah, playing in North Carolina, playing down here in Florida, the biggest thing for me down here getting used to is the humidity. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, I consider myself pretty in shape. I try to work out all the time, but I was out of breath after the third inning, after every game the first two weeks. And it took a lot of getting used to. But now I feel like I know how much warming up to go before the game. I know how much to work out the earlier in the day. Like, it does, there is an aspect of getting used to where you're playing. And uh, I like the humidity down here, though. When it gets hot and the wind's not blowing in, the ball can travel a little bit. So I, I like it for sure down here. Yeah, so we've been talking all day about how you've been really – uh successful at the plate this week and uh, hopefully this for the rest of the season. But is there anything defensively or I know you just mentioned stamina, which is a huge thing. Uh, Mason also said something Mm -hmm. similar to that. Is there anything else you're looking to work on and uh, looking to achieve this year other than obviously uh, getting that ring? Yeah, for me, um, every at bat the rest of the season, I'm just going to try to be as on time as I possibly can and barrel everything and just take that consistency into the fall at Shepard. Also fielding, you know, I, I value my fielding very highly I believe defense is very important so I've pride myself on BP work when I feel ground balls at first or you know third or wherever I'm at but uh, yeah I, I just want to be the best player I can be and anytime you're down here with other guys who are very talented players you can learn what they have to say about hitting and fielding just being around these very talented players helps me uh, so yeah I'm just going to enjoy the rest of the year and be the best player I can be going to the ball yeah uh, that's all you can really ask for at the end of the day so we're going to finish up here. I think it's been a great interview. And, yeah. I mean, the Bucks are hot right now. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they're they a force to be reckoned with. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast today for this interview. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. Of course. So that was Ross Mulhall. And, like I said, we're going to go completely without cutting this. So, um, with Ross here, yeah. Ross, thanks for coming in. You can hang out. We can chat with you after. but. 
Um, yeah, we can explain to you that, uh, yeah, that yeah, little yeah. inside joke. But I guess, Jack, <laughs> what, are your, what are your takeaways from Ross as he's literally standing here? So it's kind of a weird dynamic. But, I mean, it sounds like the Bucks are clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, they are. And, I mean, they're. I think they're a fun team to watch. Not only this, but they're... They're a fast team. They like to produce runs because not, not everything is just a home run, even though with Ross it could be. Yeah, but, a lot of power there. But uh, a lot of speed, so I think they're going to produce runs. I think that's important in the postseason when guys aren't just going to be giving up home runs every inning. Lexi, what you, what'd you take away from that interview? I thought it was great. He had some great answers. I looked over at Jack at one point, and I was like, that was, that was a very professional answer. Yeah. I think he did great. And I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing those last two Jacks that he's going to give us. <laughs> yeah, saying I, I think the quote was, um, your baseball career is made by decisions on and off the diamond. I think that was a, a good quote from Ross. Very mature individual. Yeah. Uh, obviously headed to Shepherd University. I didn't know he was from West Virginia until just now. I should have probably done should've my homework. Should have looked at the stats. <laughs> probably should have done my homework before he Shut came up. in here. I mean, talk about stark contrast. West yeah, Virginia, North Philly, Boca, back to West Virginia. West Virginia, yeah, that's that's a gauntlet. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm sure he loves playing in Florida though. I mean, oh, he, yeah. How he could you not? It. Him and Bo- <laughs> him and Mason both said that they had some struggle uh, with stamina and coming down early. But I mean, how could you not love playing down here? Beautiful There's Palm Beach County, great little area. So, without further ado, we look to the new week. As I said in the intro to the podcast, um, there's this little little tropical storm called Elsa. Yes, she's um, making her way. She's making her way up, so we could have some weather. We could not have some weather. We hope to not have weather, but let's hope the Euro model is correct and <laughs> it completely misses us. Shout out Dr. Schmidt, Geosciences, 12th grade. I know about weather modeling. God, do you A remember Ross that? A Ross home run a do day keeps the weather away. That, that's <laughs> all you got to know. Well, that is the only way we can end this podcast, Jack. Um, we will be live at some point this week, so be sure to tune in. Follow us at SFCBL underscore official. And for the Bucks faithful, follow at Boynton Bucks on Instagram and Twitter. But that will do it for episode six. We look forward to seeing you next week with a new episode of the podcast. And guys... We're coming down the home stretch, so buckle up. We got a busy few weeks on our hands. Lexi Australian Jack Mazzy, Brian Marmelstein signing off on episode number six. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>